Hello and welcome to the second instalment of Discussions with Kate, uh, the latest podcast series from UK Hospitality. This week we have a guest joining us, Tony Sophocleides, who's a UK Hospitality Strategic Affairs Director. And today we're going to look at Test and Trace and the app and the impact that is having on the hospitality businesses. So welcome both of you. Hi, good to be here. And I think probably both of us have been pinged by the app and have had our periods of self-isolation so we can talk from personal experience too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just to start off, what is the purpose of the system and the app? Well, I mean, the app, as it was originally designed, it is to keep on track of outbreaks and allow us to identify very rapidly who's a close contact and, and make sure people are isolating. So fundamentally, the app is about breaking the chains of transmission and making sure that one or two cases don't snowball into a, a, a big um, outbreak. And, and clearly, therefore, you know, hospitality really quite supportive of the principles behind the app because we don't want to have big outbreaks happening. The more you have a big outbreak, the tougher the restrictions have to be. Um, however, um, the app has, has evolved over time and now um, broadly runs on, on Bluetooth technology. So when it first came out, you were clicking in and checking into to venues and it was the venue check in that was driving most of the, the data that was coming off it. Who had you been in contact with? Where had you been? And it was designed to be a reminder of, of where you'd been when you tested positive and manual test and trace would take over from that with the Bluetooth piece. When you're moving around in general public, in um, transport, in your everyday life on the street, the Bluetooth pings. So your phone talks to somebody else's phone. And if that person's phone belongs to somebody who tests positive, you're automatically sent a note app, 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 um, notification, an app notification, which is why we've seen such a large number of, of cases increase. And so, Tanya, I think when when you were pinged, you know, there was no you couldn't identify a point at which you'd come into per, into contact with somebody that you know had tested positive. No, that's right. And I think that that's that's one of the confusing things as well for people uh, who are pinged, because quite often it's very rare, I think, uh, that you get a, a 10 day isolation um, uh, advisory. It's usually about five or six days. And you look back and you think, well, well, it, it just isn't clear where that is. And I think that it also, as you said, Kate, this this has been, you know, the technology was around and developed and introduced in a rather different environment to where we are now, um, especially with, you know, fewer people making journeys out and, and socialising and, and restrictions being tighter, but also because of the sensitivity of the app. So, as you say, uh, uh, you know, it needs that review now to really fit in with where we are now. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's almost impossible for anybody to get a 10 day isolation through the app uh, because it is historic, historic encounters. And I think that's what people fail to understand, that there's there's two elements to NHS test and trace. There's the app and there is the test and trace structure that sits behind it where somebody personally phone, picks you up, picks up the phone. So if you test positive, there is still this infrastructure that asks you as a, a person who's tested positive, where have you been? Where have you worked? Who have you had close contact with? But it's a very nuanced approach because it asks close contact and that's still closer than two metres for more than 20 minutes. So, you know, you, you can have that that sensible conversation. The app, it, it, the sensitivity of Bluetooth isn't nuanced enough to be able to pick that up. And therefore, you are getting lots of notifications that are coming through now that are just potential exposure as opposed to confirmed contact with. So that is yeah. essentially the difference there is with the app it is you may not have. And that is why government are saying that's an advisory. Is that correct? 
that that's correct. I mean, the government, I think, is in the process of revising that guidance note. But but for the purposes of, of sort of managing staff and managing our own personal experience, the government is saying a notification through the app is potential exposure. You need to look at your exposure. You need to know what you've done. And then it's advisory whether you follow it. And it's advisory for that person if they want to tell their employer or not. Now, as an employer, if somebody comes to you and says, I've been notified I need to self-isolate. I want to self-isolate. You can't force them to come back into work. But you can ask them to show you a screenshot of their phone that proves that they've had a confirmation that they need to um, or are advised to. And that will also show you the days. And that's really important. If you're making a claim for statutory sick pay or furlough when you put people on self-isolation, you really do need to know how many days. And I think that that's the next iteration is, is sort of making sure you're not doing it for 10 you're doing it for the small amount. But yes, it, it, it's advisory. You've got had potential exposure. Think about it carefully. Do you want to do anything? If you're called by phone, text message, email, you've definitely come into contact. So, so Jackie, our colleague, her son tested positive. She's a close contact uh, and therefore she is isolating for 10 days. There isn't any way around that at the moment, but it will be changing. Uh, and Tony, I think, you know, we're, we're both having conversations with government at uh, quite a senior level. Um, and the conversations in the media, too, suggesting that this is a live discussion within government to make that self-isolation policy fit for purpose. Yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely the, the case. You know, they're, they're listening. It's not this isn't a, a sort of shallow, empty exercise. And I think that there's also um, across the board, uh, you know, realisation that actually things have moved on and that a review of this is a good opportunity to actually answer some of those questions that have come up you know my wife when I was I got pinged and my wife and, and daughters didn't and they're like well, why is that then how can you know so it's all those sort of things that, that that it's another chance really to just um set the record straight but potentially hopefully start anew with a different set of criteria and look at how you know testing uh, you know uh, Test to remain and, and, and test release, sorry, can can help us as a workforce. In in the news, obviously, we've seen a lot of articles about businesses being affected by this. How extensive is the impact of businesses being alerted by the app? This is this is a growing problem, and I think once again, hospitality was the canary in the coal mine. We were on labour shortages when we were suddenly finding that that we had a higher number of vacancies, and we have been on absences. So um, I sit on a, a weekly call with the Secretary of State for Environment, Food, and Rural Affairs, um, alongside colleagues from retail, food manufacturing, and farming. Two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, I was the only person talking about notifications through the app. This week, they're now reporting 20% absences uh, as a result of the app. There's talk about, you know, breakdown in the critical infrastructure, getting food onto shelves because of drivers being affected by it. Um, the, the food manufacturers are, are potentially having to close plants because of the levels. Um, and then, then I've just been talking uh, to, to a couple of journalists who are saying that there's, there's very high levels of staff absence across the NHS, across the police. Um, and, and a lot of those uh, big employers are now recommending and following it again. It's another change the government has made to the guidance. Um, following the advice from NHS uh, Test and Trace are asking people in, in their workforce to pause the app while they are at work because they're not in a customer facing role. They're in a protected environment or their phones are in lockers or communal areas. Uh, and in those cases, they're asking people to pause it while they're at work. And that's one thing that, that our businesses could do the same thing. But this is going across the whole of the economy. You know, at the, um, over the course of two weeks, it's gone from the app taking one positive case and contacting uh, three people 
to this week, it's now one positive case and the app is, is pinging seven or eight people. And that's a reflection of the fact that we're out and about in the economy much more and in society. So it is a growing problem, a whole economy problem that we need to get right. Just to add to that, I think there's also that point that um, the total number isn't necessarily, uh, you know, it, it can skew uh, our ideas of what's going on. Because if you have uh, 100% of, if you're a, a single site pub, so let's say a hotel and your entire staff taken out, that's it, you're closed. So it's not the same as having a pub where or a restaurant or wherever where two or three members of staff, you can probably get over that. So, you know, that's that's part of the reason why the review needs to be done. Again. And equally, you know, if you're running a restaurant, if your exec chef comes in, but your kitchen porters don't, you've yeah. got a real problem. You can't run the restaurant. You can't make it function. It's really giving us an appreciation of, of all of the. The, the how the way the team works together um uh, but i do think you know for operators on the call to beware this is starting to feed through it and exacerbate existing labor shortages in the supply chain too so it's having an impact on door security it's having an impact on drivers there are existing shortages there and our supply chains are also vulnerable and tony you mentioned the review the government is doing what exactly are, is the government reviewing well, I, I really about how the all aspects really from the sensitivity of the app and to, around to self-isolation as well itself. But um, I don't know exactly when we're expecting the the outcomes of that, but it really can't come soon enough. And one of the problems that we have been and, and you know, Kate started this uh, the, the the podcast by saying, of course, you know, essentially, of course, we we share the public health objective of the government because because it's a public health objective, but also because we don't want to have to shut down again and things like that. And so one of the things that could be the worst possible outcome is that people start misusing or abusing the system by just switching it off, deleting it. That doesn't serve us well. So it's, you know, it's, the review has to look at um, what it is that will be enough to keep people within the system. because It's really quite crucial. Um, we know it's not going to be a, a legal requirement uh, for the 19th for people to check in but we're still going to you know as an industry encouraged to get people to check in so it's really the review's got to be about getting that balance right between uh, any changes to the app any changes to the communications um and exactly you know trying to keep as many people as possible in inside the system yeah and i think it, it is those three things that that they will look at it, it is live it's right at the top of government it is a priority issue all the ministers we speak to are aware of it um but but tony's right in addition to those two points that he mentioned the communications what what it, what is it you're actually advised to do and making sure that all the collateral is consistent because there's different messages in different parts of the industry and the sensitivity of the app the third element is the the self-isolation policy that sits behind it the app itself is not causing a problem the self-isolation policy that sits behind it is causing the problem so there's two key things that we've asked the government to do one is to bring forward the date where, by which fully vaccinated people can can uh, don't need to self-isolate. We've asked for that to be brought forward to the 19th of July rather than the 16th of August. And actually yesterday's data, the, the government announced that, that they'd met their target of double vaccinating all the over 40s uh, a week ahead of schedule. So they can afford to bring forward that target of the 16th of August. Um, so, so we would like them to do that. That's fully vaccinated doesn't mean double jab so you would need to have had your second jab by the uh, beginning of August in order to, to hit that 16th deadline so for, for a lot of younger workers that's going to push out further because you have to have that two week where your immunization bills post vaccination um, and then the second because two thirds of our workforce are, are under 30 we do need to have a system for those who through no fault of their own are not fully vaccinated yet 
So test to re release is used in international travel. Um, complete tests and, and have them negative on day two and day five post exposure and you can return to work. Test to remain is used in schools and is going to be used from September and is being piloted by a number of, of businesses, John Lewis being one of them. Um, and the cabinet office being the other uh, that that was piloting test to remain, which allows you to to test on a daily basis. And and if you continue to test negative, you can remain in the economy. We have to make sure that we're not penalising and discriminating against our younger workers. So we want the government to actively explore both of those, change the self isolation policies for those fully vaccinated, allow them to return to work, and give a mechanism for early release for our younger workers. And so obviously UK hospitality is very active within government to kind of push for a solution on this. But how is UK hospitality helping businesses at the moment deal with uh, the situation? Well, I think first and foremost, it's about making sure that that communication is 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 clear. Um, so there's a lot of confusion about what the app means, what a notification is, what's mandatory, what's voluntary, what's advisory, what do you do? We're helping companies to navigate through that. We've got our own um, sort of plain English version of what to do as a staff policy um, so that you can communicate to your teams and, and give them the best possible advice. So, again, that's picking up on pause your contact tracing while you're at work if you're in those protected environments or your phone is, is pooled collectively. Uh, make sure people are aware that it's advisory and it's their discretion. Uh, making sure that we've got testing available through work to be able to have twice weekly testing, which is what the government recommends so that people can can jump on top of that. Uh, and then finally, helping people to understand how long the self-isolation requirements will be in for. Um, and then as part of that, we've got our risk assessment templates as we move to the 19th of July. And this falls away from being a legal requirement. Our risk assessment templates about how you can demonstrate you're keeping your staff safe by continuing to have the QR code available and more importantly, reminding employers and employees that test and trace sits behind. So even if you haven't got manual, uh, the, the sort of Bluetooth technology uh, contact tracing working, you will still have test and trace if you have cases in the, the workplace. Your staff are protected if you have cases in the venues, staff and customers are protected. In both of those instances, it triggers a recommendation for a test. Yeah, I think that's one of the apprehensions of, um, I guess, staff and customers if they're being told one thing. And um, like you said, they need, they need that communication so that they know that, that they're being kept safe. Absolutely. I mean, it's so critical at the moment as we move forward, particularly with the change in, in the environment. We were all hoping that Freedom Day would happen at the time of, of the lowest possible cases would be a positive experience that we could we could sort of communicate proactively about lifting restrictions. It's quite clear there's a lot of caution out there. Consumer sentiment is nervous. Consumers are very cautious. Um, and clearly that's been fueled a lot by, by the media, but also the, the, the tone of the prime minister's announcements about we're still at this, the height of this crisis. We're not going to be through the peak of cases um, until mid-August. Uh, and therefore, I think staff are, are nervous and want to be reassured that people are keeping them safe and the steps that are being taken will keep them safe. So it's about making sure that that communication strategy in the absence of an effective communication from government, we've got clear industry guidance for people to follow that they know is, is best practice. And as kind of as the situation develops and, and moves on, do you think the media would still be interested in making sure that that narrative and that information is, is communicated properly? I mean, it's, it's always very difficult with the media because obviously they, they have their own reasons for running stories and, and they have their own 
focus. It's it's quite clearly a live issue. I mean, I've had six calls already this morning um, about uh, test and trace from various newspapers who were concerned about the high level of, of absences across the economy. I've done three broadcast media interviews about it. So it's clearly not going away. People are, are alert to this and concerned to make sure that you've got clear advice and guidance. Um, and that all helps to make sure that the the government makes the best possible decision in the circumstances. You said that we don't quite know when this review will be announced. Do we have any kind of idea? Will it be within a week, two weeks, three weeks, at any kind of inkling at all? And not that, Tony, you might have, have more insight than me, but for, all I know is it's a really live uh, issue. They're working at it at pace uh, and we would hope to get some information as soon as possible. And as soon as we get it, we'll pass it on to members. So the daily alerts, which Penilla pulls together for us to make sure that you've got the best possible advice and guidance. That's where you'll first hear it in you know, one of our daily alerts. You'll get a daily ping. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll yeah, be a positive, I, a positive I, ping. I think the only thing we know absolutely definitively for in terms of timing is that it can't come soon enough. I mean, it's, you know, it's costing, you know, as a sector, I think it doesn't really need reiterating the fact of how much we've been battered by by COVID. But every day now, you know, as we look towards the 19th, which was, you know, is essentially the first time we're going to be anywhere close to be able to trading normally, um, you know, in pre-COVID times, as it were, um, you know, every, every, every tiny little margin is it makes such a massive difference. Um, so, yeah, it's just just can't come soon enough. Yeah. And what we don't want is to have businesses that are open but can't trade fully because they, they just can't get the staff and, and that's a that is a, a live prospect at the moment and I, I think the other point I would make is that you know if you look at the scientific models at the moment um, the the projection I mean, fortunately we are below even their optimistic uh, uh, projections so we are doing better than expected but it still is looking at two weeks before we get to the peak so 16th of August is when we're likely to see the peak of cases in this exit wave. And it is just as a result of unlocking the economy that we are seeing this. But we're going to see high prevalence throughout August. So this is could potentially, unless they, we get it right, get worse before it gets better, just at our key peak trading time. So so we're keeping the pressure on government um, every time Tony, I or um, any of the rest of the team speak to officials or ministers, whatever the topic is, they can call us about salt and sugar taxes or COVID status certification passports or Brexit or any of those kind of things. We will always en ensure this gets into the conversation to make sure we get resolution. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our members would be uh, very pleased to hear that. Say, that's not to say we're not, you know, sympathetic to the, the, the balancing act that the government has to achieve. And again, that comes back to the fact that, you know, what's good for all is good for hospitality. So, yeah, but, but that's about what we're trying to do, working with the government. And that's where it, it's helpful to work with the government, as well as uh, being the, the, the critical person on the outside pushing for change. Because what we don't want is, is for anything to fall into disrepute or the, the app to fall into disrepute or, or, or disuse. We need to make sure that, that we're continuing to keep our teams safe. Thank you. I think that's all we have time for today. So thank you very much for joining us again this week for our new podcast. I hope everybody has enjoyed this and will join us next week as well when we will look at the latest issue affecting the industry that week. So thank you again to both of you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers.
You can find further details of what we have discussed on today's podcast on our website or the members portal. So make sure you head over there and have a look at the most recent briefing documents. Just type in ukhospitality.org.uk forward slash briefings. We do have guidance there on the test and trace points. So have a look at that if you have a moment and that is of concern to your business. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be alerted to when our next podcast is released. Head to ukhospitality.org.uk forward slash UKH podcast. And if you do have any questions, please email info at ukhospitality.org.uk with your questions and put UK Hospitality podcast in the subject. Thanks again and see you next week.